We are on Yavamos, Peydalet Amabez 84b. We are towards the middle of the page. And we are in the middle of a discussion of what was left out of this Mishnah. Our Mishnah was discussing different cases, different scenarios, where uh, either uh, the, the marriage uh, wasn't uh, allowed between the husband and wife, or whether Yibam is not allowed, different cases. And so the Gemara said, well, it left out the case, various cases. One of the cases that it left out was the case of Ptsuadaka, that there's a, there's a prohibition for somebody who is a Ptsuadaka, who's not able to have children, they have crushed testicles, um, to enter and marry most, uh, most Jews. And that's a, that's a prohibition. So whether it's the husband or the brother-in-law, you can come up with different situations. So the Gemara now says, what are you talking about? Uh, the, the Mishnah itself, this is included in the Mishnah. It's not not part of the Mishnah. It is included in the Mishnah because it, it includes, the Mishnah says, all Chayvelavin, all uh, negative commandments, all prohibitions, which are just uh, regular prohibitions of, of, with a negative commandment. And a Psuadaka, somebody who has crushed testicles, it's a negative commandment. Uh, it's a prohibition for them to get married. Uh, so the Gemara says, what are you talking about though? Atu chai ve'lavin, milo katani v'hadratani v'katani kohen hedjot shenasa amana v'chol shenasa kshira. After it says that uh, there's these groups of chai uh, ve'lavin, those that have a, it's a prohibition with a negative commandment, a regular negative commandment uh, that's listed in our Mishnah. After it says that, it then lists off, it gives examples so it seems like they gave specific examples, and it's referring to those cases. It doesn't mention Ptsuadaka. It doesn't mention the case of somebody who has crushed testicles. Uh, so what? So it left it out. It's true. It just first gave the heading Chayvelavin, those that have a ne- those that are a negative commandment, but then it lists them. And what, what's on that list? A regular Kohen um, who marries an Almana. Um, as where that marriage is allowed, um, but then the brother is the the, the brother of the yavam is the he, is the kohen gadol is the high priest. So he can't marry the amana, the widow. Uh, and then we gave another case where the kohen is is determined to be a halal is a halal halachic status of a halal. He's allowed to marry anybody, but then that woman becomes a halala and she cannot marry now the brother in law, the yavam, because the yavam is not allowed to marry. He's a kohen and he can't marry a halala. So those are some of the cases which are negative commandments. So why do we have that list? So the Gemara says that list is not to tell you that it's only those cases. We have it really includes many cases, but we need those specifically. Why? The reason why that's mentioned, and this is what we're going to get back to in the Gemara in a minute, is that it's teaching us a very important idea. This is just to go back for a second. We know that a Kohen, a Kohen, a regular Kohen, cannot marry a woman who is a Chalala. A Chalala is a woman who is either the child of an illicit relationship, even if it's uh, in the context of, and when it's in the context of, uh, for a Kohen, when a Kohen is not allowed to marry somebody, if they have a child, she becomes a Chalala. Or if it's a woman who her, she herself was involved in an illicit relationship, she becomes a Chalala. So the Kohen cannot, cannot marry her. However, the point of our mission is to tell us that the opposite is not true. Meaning as follows, if the Kohen himself is a Chalal, he was the child of an illicit relationship, 
So if the wife is, let's say, the daughter of a Kohen, she is allowed to marry him. There's no problem with him, her marrying him. It's only in the other direction. It's only in the direction of the Kohen. The Kohen cannot marry, the, the husband cannot marry a woman who is a Chalala. However, a, a daughter of a Kohen, somebody who is, or she herself is a Kohen, she is allowed to marry a Kohen who he is a Chalal. He's the child of an illicit relationship. That itself is allowed. Why? So some of the commentators explain that we know that the daughter of a Kohen they are allowed to marry anybody, meaning they can marry somebody who's not a Kohen, a Yisrael, and she then loses her status of being a Kohen. If she marries a Yisrael, somebody who's not a Kohen, she no longer has the rights of, of a Kohen, uh, and so she loses her status. So we see that already. We see that uh, when she gets, she's allowed to marry a non-Kohen, so she's also allowed to marry a Chalal, even a Kohen who's a Chalal. It would be permissible. That's how someone wants to explain. And so that's why we need those two cases. Those two cases are telling us that it only goes in one direction, it doesn't go in the opposite direction. The Kohen cannot marry a woman who's a Chalal, a Chalala, but the, the woman is allowed to marry a Kohen who is a Chalal. Ah, says the Gemara, V'akitani Chalal Shinas HaKshere V'Yisrael Shinas HaBas Yisrael V'Yishlo Achmamzer. We have other cases also in the Mishnah, not just those cases. We also have, for example, we have a case where, uh, nothing to do with Kohanim, but uh, two Jews... A man and a woman, they get married, Mazatov. The brother is a mamzer. The brother is a mamzer. So the brother now cannot do Yivam. The marriage is fine, but the brother can't do Yivam. So what... And, and when the, with the brother is a mamzer, so the sister-in-law also cannot marry the mamzer. The prohibition is on both of them. So so what is that there for? Why, why do we have that? Um, so the Gemara answers, no. Hanami lo mahadir misnahi dashmina lav shin shavabakol v'kamashulan lav hashavabakol. That no, that case also is different. Why is that case different? Because in that case, and this is how Tosus explains, one of the classic commentators on the page, he explains as follows. That case, let's say, we need that case for really the opposite case. Let's say the mamzer initially marries somebody, a Jew, a woman who's Jewish. Now that's not allowed. That, that would be a prohibition. So in that case, that is viewed as a more severe negative commandment than, let's say, the high priest marrying a widow. Why? Because when the high priest marries a widow, that's a prohibition that applies to a very specific group of people. Only to the high priest. It's the only group of people that it belongs to. When it comes to a mamzer, it applies for the entire Jewish people. Nobody is allowed to marry a mamzer. Whether the mamzer is male or female, nobody is allowed to marry a mamzer. That applies to everybody. So it's more stringent. So you might have thought, this is why we have to have it in the Mishnah, because you might have thought that since that initial marriage was a prohibition that wasn't just limited to a select group of people, either the high priest or all Kohanim, it, was, it applies to everybody. And they had that marriage, that prohibitive relationship. So you might have thought that we wouldn't allow for Yibam uh, because it's such a severe, pro, severe prohibition that they violated. It's something which applies to everybody, which makes it stricter and more severe. Uh, no, it comes to the Torah, it comes to this Mishnah to teach us that you're still allowed to do Yibam, meaning the... Mamzer married a woman who's Jewish. The Mamzer then dies. The brother is not a Mamzer. The Yavam is not a Mamzer. They're still allowed to do Yibam between the, the Yavam and the, and the sister-in-law because the sister-in-law was not a Mamzer. So that's why we have that case. Ah, oh, so the Gemara, the Gemara continues and says, but we have other cases which are not there to teach us any, anything new except just be part of the list. Hakitani Yisrael Shanan Nasa Mamzeres V'yishto Ach Yisrael 
You can have a case where uh, she, the wife, is a mamzeres. The wife is somebody who's a mamzer, so she cannot marry anybody. She cannot get. She should not have been married to her actual husband. Uh, she cannot get do yibum. She's totally out of the picture. What is that there for? That's something which is obvious. So, but it includes it in the list. So now comes the conclusion of the Gemara to say, The Gemara says, you're right. Uh, that in the end of the day, we have a list. Not every case on the list there is to teach us a new idea, a new halacha, a new law that we would not have known before. Some cases on the list, we would have known. And yet it still leaves out certain cases. It leaves out the case of Psuadaka, somebody who has crushed testicles. It leaves out the case that we had in the last recording about... Uh, an Egyptian convert who's second generation and third generation and and their children. Um, so it leaves out certain cases. So the Mishnah, the point is that the Mishnah is not just a list of new halachas, new laws that we would not have known. The list is just a list, and the list is not a complete list. There are other examples as well. So the point is that, yeah, it's just giving us a few examples, and there are other examples as well that are not listed in the Mishnah. Okay. The Gemara now continues, and it's going to return back uh, to uh, the idea that we mentioned before, Gufa. Amr of Yudam Rav. Rav says, Lo Rav says, this is the idea that we had before, that a Kohen who is a Chalal, sorry, a Kohen who is not a Chalal, just a regular Kohen, is not, the prohibition is that they're not allowed to marry a Chalala, a woman who is the child of an illicit relationship or she was involved in an illicit relationship. However, the opposite is not true. This is what this is what Rob's point is that if she is the daughter of a Kohen, she is allowed to marry a Kohen who is a Chalal. That's not a problem. So the Gemara says, "Why do we need Rob for this? This is our Mishnah. We have a we have a case in our Mishnah. Chalal shenasukshira. A Chalal marries a woman who is kosher, who's fine, and we, the Mishnah said that that's permissible. So it's the Mishnah. My love, Kohenes Haruuyalo." Aren't we dealing with, when we say that she's Kishira, aren't we dealing with the daughter of a Kohen, where she is a Kohen? And the point is that the Mishnah is teaching us that when she's a Kohen, she's allowed to marry a Chalal. And that's the whole point. And why would we think that it's a Kohen? Rashi explains, just parenthetically, Rashi explains that there's actually, uh, we prefer for the, a Kohen uh, to marry a Bas Kohen, to marry the daughter of a Kohen, when the w- woman is also a Kohen. So that's what we assume would be the case. So the Chalal Kohen is marrying a, a woman who was, was the daughter of a Kohen, so she herself is a Kohen. Um, so isn't that the case? So we see that it's allowed. So the Gemara says, no, lo, Yisraelis. No, we're not talking about where she's a Kohen. She is a Yisraelis. She's not a Kohen. And then obviously she can marry a Chalal because uh, only Kohanim are, uh, there's a prohibition for them not to marry a Chalal. So we're dealing with a woman who is a Yisraelist, not not, a, not the daughter of a Kohen, but the daughter of a non-Kohen. When we say that she's kosher, that she's allowed, permissible, it means not with regards to Kahuna, not with regards to the Kohen status, but with regards to marrying into the Jewish people. So the then says, In that case, where the Chalal brother, where the Chalal husband marries this woman who we're now saying is not a Kohen, it says there that when the brother, the Yavam, is kosher, right? So then um, there would be a problem. That the cases where the brother is kosher, 
Uh, and what are we saying, kasher? Kasher means that he's allowed to marry if it's parallel to the to the sister-in-law. It means that he's allowed to enter into the Jewish people. Meaning the brother, the Yavim is allowed to enter into the Jewish people. The implication is that only the brother is allowed to enter into the Jewish people. Uh, the deceased husband is not allowed to enter into the Jewish people. That would cause a, that that'd be a problem because if the deceased husband cannot enter into the Jewish people, let's say he's a mamzer, that's what the implication would be. So then that original marriage is not allowed. He would not be allowed to marry his wife. And the Mishnah says he is allowed to marry his wife. So the Gemara now says, um, that would be a problem. So the brother can't, when talking about kosher, it can't be referring to that he's kosher to enter into the Jewish people, Elav Kohen, Umiduhu Kohen, Hikohenes. It's talking about the fact that he's a Kohen. So once he, kosher means that he's a Kohen, when it talks about his sister-in-law, the wife, so when it says that she's kosher, it means that she's a Kohen. It doesn't mean that she's a Kohen. So now it goes back. The whole point of this is just to prove the point that she's a Kohen and we allow her to marry a Chalol. So we see it from the Mishnah. Sigmar says, no. No, we don't have to say that. Even though it would be nice if they're parallel, but they're not parallel. When we say that she's kosher, it means that she's a Yisrael. She's not a Kohen. But the, the brother-in-law, when it says that he's kosher, it means that he is a Kohen. And we could differentiate between the two. They don't have to be exactly parallel. Okay, that is the end of that part of the Gemara. We'll read a few more lines of the Gemara. And very interesting next couple of lines. Masav Rabin Bar Nachman. Rabin Bar Nachman now asks the following. The verse says, when it comes to the uh, different prohibitions of a Kohen marrying somebody who's divorced or a Zona or a Chalala, it says, Lo Yikachu twice. Lo Yikachu, Lo Yikachu. What do we learn from that? We learn from here, that at least our assumption is that we learn from here, not like Rav. This is a question of Rav. Rav said that for a halala, uh, it's only in one direction. The Kohen cannot marry a halala, cannot marry a woman who's a halal. But the woman who's the daughter of a Kohen, she's allowed to marry a man who is a halal. But Rav Bar Nachman says, no, we have these extra words, lo yikachu, lo yikachu. it repeats two phrases, doesn't it repeat those two phrases? Didn't we learn that it repeats the two phrases to tell us that just like the Kohen cannot marry a Chalala, if she's the daughter of a Kohen, she cannot marry a Chalal? Isn't that what it's coming to teach us? That it works in both directions? So the answer is no, it's not true. Amar Rava Rava says, a very important line, no, what it's teaching us is, Kol duhu mozar hi muzharis, duhu lo mozar hi lo mizdahara. It's not telling us that it works in both directions. What it's really teaching us is slightly different. It's teaching us is that whenever he has a prohibition, let's say he's a Kohen. He's not allowed to marry somebody who's divorced. And let's let's say they get married. Who violated that prohibition? The point is of the, the double phrase is teaches us that both of them violate the prohibition. Both the man and the woman. Whenever there's a prohibition, both of them violate it. It's not that the Kohen violates it, but not the woman who was divorced, previously divorced. Both of them violate the prohibition. And so that's what it's coming to teach us. It's not teaching us that there's this new prohibition that when the wife is the daughter of a Kohen, she cannot marry a Chalal. No, that's not what it's teaching us. That would be a new prohibition. It's teaching us that whenever there's already, a, the Torah tells us something is not allowed, uh, let's say with regards to any relationship, any prohibitive relationship, who violates it? They both do. Both the husband and the wife, when they attempt to enter into, into a marriage which is not allowed, they both have violated the prohibition. 
So the Mar says, but why do we need that? This is something which is very specific. It says, lo yikachu, lo yikachu, a double phrase when it comes to the probative relationships of a Kohen, who the Kohen is not allowed to marry. But this is a general principle. We know this is a general principle. There's a separate verse in the Torah that tells us that the Torah is talking to men and women alike. And that when the Torah discusses a prohibition, it applies both to men and to women. Rashi, Rashi points out that the, the exception, the one exception to the rule is, is it's time-bound positive commandments. That is, that's the exception to rule. But with regards to everything else, it applies both to men and women. So why do I need an extra phrase to teach me that when it comes to the prohibitive, prohibitive relationships, let's say Cohen can't marry somebody who's divorced, the high priest can't marry um, uh, the widow, and all of the, all these other cases, why do I need an extra phrase to teach me that applies both to men and women within that relationship? This is a general rule. The entire Torah was talking to men and women. So my answer is no. You would have thought as follows. You would have thought that, no, when we say that the Torah is talking to men and women alike, that's only with regards to prohibitions that in general apply across the board. It applies to everybody. But prohibitions which are unique to a specific group, like the Kohanim, that's only to the Kohanim. Only a Kohen is not allowed to marry somebody who's divorced. Somebody who's not a Kohen could marry somebody who's previously divorced. So something which is limited to the Kohanim, so then you might have thought that, oh, once it's limited to a specific group, maybe it's only limited to the men in that group. Right? Uh, and so that's why we need an extra phrase to teach me that, no, that's not true, that it applies both to the men and to the women. Even though it's limited, it's a prohibition which only applies to Kohanim, it applies to men and the women. So the Gemara continues a few more lines. There is one area of law which we say only applies to men and not women. What's that? Kohanim uh, are not allowed to become impure. They're not allowed to enter into, uh, you're right, they're not allowed to become impure. Um, and they uh, have this prohibition, they can't become impure. And not the women. It only applies to the Kohanim men and not to the women. Uh, so the Gemara says, why would you think otherwise? Isn't the reason why you would think otherwise is because of this general principle that the Torah the entire time is talking to men and women alike? So the Gemara says, no. Because this is only with regards to Kohanim. This is a prohibition which is limited to Kohanim. Kohanim cannot marry, sorry, cannot become impure. You might have thought that that's limited uh, to, um, to the men. But because of lo yikachu, the extra phrase, we say that applies to men and women, even with regards to the, the laws of Kohanim. And then we have B'nai Aaron, V'lo B'nos Aaron, we have an extra verse which tells us that, but when it comes to the laws of Tumah, the laws of impurity, that only applies to the men. So in general, the laws of Kohanim apply to both men and women. The one exception, the one exception to this rule is with regards to the laws of impurity. It applies only to the men and not to the women. And the Gemara concludes, And so then the Gemara just has a different version of saying that you might have thought that from the laws of impurity, that when it comes to Kohanim, those rules, the rules for the Kohanim apply only to men and not to women, like by the laws of impurity for Kohanim, that only the men cannot become impure, but the women could. Uh, that's why we need the verse of Lo Yikachu to counteract that, the, the double phrase, 
counteracts that and says that no, it's not true. In the end of the day, for all the commandments in the Torah, it applies to men and women alike. We need a special phrase, an additional phrase to teach us that this even applies to it when we have commandments that are for a select group of people like Kohanim. The one exception to the rule is with regards to the laws of impurity, that Kohanim are not allowed to become impure. That only applies to men, not uh, to women. Um, and also, as we pointed out before, the other exception is time-bound positive commandments. Specifically, time-bound positive commandments only applies to men and not to women, but with regards to everything else in the Torah, it applies to men and women alike. Okay, this concludes uh, Daf Pei uh, and we'll move on to the next Daf in next week's recording.